people in different parts of the country refer to their organized crime groups by different names. Depending on your geography, the local bad guys may be known as the outfit, the mob, the mafia, or the syndicate. And down in some areas of the Deep South, a favorite term for those who make their tax $3 through drugs, racketeering, and gambling, and whatever is wise guys. Now, why would anyone take what should be a complementary term, wise guys, and apply it to such negative types? But even before it was used as a term to designate local mobsters, it was never really a compliment to be called a wise guy. Remember school days? A wise guy was someone who thought he knew it all, had all the answers, and usually advertised this attitude with an accompanying smart mouth. In fact, a wise guy can also be referred to as a smart aleck, and there are less G-rated versions of the term, of course. There are still times when we admire the smart answer. I'm a fan of New England. A fellow spoke to one of the locals and said, uh, lived in this town all your life? No, not yet. <laughs> or, Jeb, as your doctor, I'm just going to have to tell you to quit drinking. If you don't, you'll turn stone deaf. I'll be deaf then. I like what I drink better than what I hear. <laughs> All fun and games, of course, but what if it involves you more directly? Can you tell me how to get to wheel lock? Well, now if I were going to wheel lock, I don't believe I'd start from here. <laughs> no one likes to be made a fool of by a smart aleck. But what if we do it to ourselves? A Gallup study surprisingly revealed that people who went to church actually read the Bible less than those who said that they did not go to church. And you may have taken the online religion poll that claims atheists typically get better scores on it than Christians do. Apparently, churchgoers expect to be spoon-fed their scripture instead of actually reading texts and stories for themselves. Biblical and theological shallowness have become all too common Christian traits, and that's something that various cults have taken advantage of. What's the problem? Are we afraid that if we probe our faith too deeply, it won't stand up? Do we find the Bible too difficult to understand? Do we find it too boring for an MTV or Facebook attention span? Maybe our brains just can't take it anymore. How about what Brooke Shields said during an interview to become spokesperson for a federal anti-smoking campaign? Smoking kills. If you're killed, you've lost a very important part of your life. Or Joe Teisman, NFL quarterback and sports analyst. 
The word genius isn't applicable in football. A genius is a guy like Norman Einstein. <laughs> or that congressional candidate in Texas who ranted, that lowdown scoundrel deserves to be kicked to death by a jackass, and I'm just the one to do it. <clears throat> Enough of this. <laughs> Having too much fun. If St. Paul were writing this epistle text directly to us instead of to the Corinthians, would he criticize our quest for wisdom? Who's interested in that anymore? Contrary to the law of supply and demand, the shortage of wisdom doesn't seem to have driven the price up. Better to be successful or feel good than to be wise, we say. Besides, doesn't Paul claim that in light of God's saving work through Christ, what once seemed wise is now foolish, and what appeared as folly is actually the wisdom of God? How am I going to make heads or tails out of that kind of talk? Really? Isn't it only one more sign of our laziness and mindlessness to think that when Paul rejects human wisdom, he's somehow promoting a dumbing down of the spiritual life? On the contrary, Paul in the epistle testifies that it is his insight into the power of the gospel that drives him forward to new depths of insight and commitment. Sure, the gospel doesn't make sense, humanly speaking. The law does. It says that you get what you earn and there's no free ride. The gospel, the wisdom of God, is counterintuitive. That's the real reason it can be so hard sometimes to get God, to get what he's up to, to understand anything about what he's doing in your own life. Who can win by losing? But that's what the cross is all about. It must have been hard for Paul to admit that as a preacher, he was weak, fearful, and trembling. Yet in the wake of this admission, he fearlessly advocates abandoning the ideas about wisdom that you brought with you from toddler days on. Instead, he calls for grabbing hold of the wisdom of God found in the foolishness of Christ crucified. For I resolved, he writes, I resolved to know nothing while I was with you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. Look at that. It's not Jesus enthroned as Lord. It's not Jesus Christ, the eternally glorious King. That's all true. It's Jesus crucified. It is in his self-sacrificing love and that alone that the real wisdom is revealed, God's wisdom from the very beginning. The wisdom that meant he created the world not because he needed the ego boost of praise, but because he is love that dies to self so that others might live and will even create those others so that he can die for them in love. The other is, of course, you and me. And so it is that Paul mentions that he, Paul himself, is a prime example of a new kind of wisdom, a spiritual wisdom. 
He writes, my message and preaching were not with wise and persuasive words, but with a demonstration of the Spirit's power, so that your faith might not rest on men's wisdom, but on God's power. By the ways of worldly wisdom, billionaires, Bill Gates or Elon Musk are wise. By the ways of spiritual wisdom, Mother Teresa was wiser than all the CEOs of all the Fortune 500 put together. In the estimate of the public, what are the best schools in the country? Harvard, Yale, Stanford, But Jesus didn't go to the academy or lyceum at Athens to recruit his disciples. He calls those very disciples then the salt and light of the world and a city set on a hill. Even though some of his followers, like the woman whose daughter had a demon, were good enough at witty repartee, it was their good deeds done in faith not their memorable wit that made them shine before all the world and even down to the present. According to the ways of the world, making it to CEO is a sign you are wise. But in the eyes of God, being rejected, ridiculed, and crucified on account of your Father in heaven is wiser still, because that's the way God is. Who are God's wise guides? Is one Mariah Carey who said, whenever I watch TV and see those poor starving kids all over the world, I can't help but cry. I mean, I'd love to be skinny like that, but not with all those flies and death and stuff. Much better are Dr. Bill and Kathy McGee. You've probably never heard of them but they're a husband and wife team who founded Operation Smile 35 years ago or so to provide free of charge facial surgery for children who were unable to smile or who had facial deformities. Traveling to the Philippines, they found hundreds of children ravaged by congenital facial abnormalities who could not afford treatment. And since Operation Smile, has now since provided 3.5 million patient evaluations and over 200,000 free surgeries. There are plenty more organizations like that. And you? Maybe you can't be a Grandma Jane Markham who took an early retirement from teaching and took off for China where she teaches an enthusiastic bunch of orphans at the House of Hope. Maybe you can't do what people like she and these others have done, but comparisons and contrasts among people and between gifts means nothing in the real wisdom, God's wisdom. My speech and my proclamation, Paul says, were not with wise and persuasive words, but with a demonstration of the Spirit's power so that your faith might not rest on men's wisdom, but on God's power. What then does the wisdom of true humility mean? Our Old Testament reading, Isaiah 58, gives it. To loose the bonds of wickedness and to undo the straps of the yoke. To let the oppressed go free and to break every yoke. Is it not to share your bread with the hungry and bring the homeless poor into your house? When you see the naked, to cover him 
and not to hide yourself from your own flesh. Then shall your light break forth like the dawn, and your healing shall spring up speedily. Your righteousness shall go before you. The glory of the Lord shall be your rear guard. Then you shall call, and the Lord will answer. You shall cry, and he will say, Here I am. Amen. God grant it. And may the peace of God, which passes understanding, keep your hearts and minds through faith in Christ Jesus to life everlasting. Amen.